This episode of Legit Podcast Pro is brought to you by Easy Legal for Podcasters, the fast, easy, do-it-yourself way to get the business and legal affairs for your podcast under control, in order, and legit so you can play the bigger podcasting game to win. Visit easylegalforpodcasters.com. How do you avoid getting sued for libel or slander? I'll demystify things on this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. Welcome to Legit Podcast Pro. I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and this program is for you if you are serious about podcasting. Whether you're podcasting in your business or as a career or as a sideline, on this show, you will get tips and strategies and advice from me and my guests on how to protect, grow, and profit from your podcast. So let's get started with today's topic. This one comes to me from a subscriber on my newsletter, Ron, who wrote in with this question about defamation, more specifically libel. He says, hi, Gordon. Thank you for your newsletter. It's uh, very helpful. I do have a question that may seem slightly unrelated, but I'm not sure who to ask. I've had this email in my drafts, et cetera, et cetera. What do we do, he asks. Uh, hang on, I'm trying to advance to a scene here. What do we do about protecting ourselves against libel charges? For example, in the publishing world, I assume that there are editors and lawyers who fact check stories in books, journals, and magazines before they're published. And that's absolutely correct. But in the blogging, newsletter, and publishing uh, podcasting world, how do we protect ourselves from this when we don't have attorneys on staff as part of our process? He goes on to... Uh, to show an example, he says, I have a small travel podcast. Let's say I publish an episode where I name a particular hotel or restaurant or destination. And I say something like, do not go there. It's totally overrated place built on fake reviews. They are scammers who cheated me out of hundreds of dollars due to their deceptive practices. I will never go there again. Let's say that my listeners find this information super helpful, but the brand in question finds out about my episode and sues me for libel or disparagement or something like that. Now what? I'm just one guy giving my opinion. Who do I hire to help protect me from this in the first place? Or who do I call when I get a letter from a lawyer? Am I opening myself up to a lawsuit for libeling someone's character if I think the business owner is a scumbag or, you know, someone who treated me unfairly or illegally? Or can they say I've hurt their business and owe them damages because then my review affected their revenue? So, Ron, thank you, first of all, for your kind words about my newsletter. I'm glad that it's service, a service to you. I'm glad that it helps, and that's what it's here for. One way to protect, uh, to get a pre-publication review, like you're asking, is to have someone like me, a uh, an experienced podcast uh, media and entertainment lawyer, review it for you. But, of course, that means there's some cost associated with it. And uh, so you're going to want to save that only for the real edge cases where you're really not sure. So let me share some basic legal principles to see if we can demystify things a little bit. Defamation is broken into two types. There's slander, the spoken word from when when the statement is spoken directly to a small number of people without the use of technology or media or what have you. Libel is what you get when the false statement is made using technology or media. Now, both are defined as a false 
fact statement about a specific person or brand sometimes that when it's published causes injury or damage to reputation or standing in the community. Now, the plaintiff in these cases has to prove all those elements and specifically that the statement was false. If it's true, well, that's a defense. So this is why fact checking is really important for podcasters. I recommend that if possible, for every fact statement, you should try to provide two or more sources to confirm it. Keep an annotated script or transcript or something like that with footnotes. And of course, if you're talking about your personal experiences, then you probably can't do that. But lots of other statements can. And if you're before you publish an episode where somebody else is sharing things that seem like facts, do the fact checking and verify it and put it in those annotations. Now, if what you're talking about is your truly held opinion, and obviously not just a disguised statement of fact, you know, in my opinion, he's a, you know, a, cr a criminal, then that is a defense. So accusing a business of being scammers and of cheating and deceptive practices could very well be defamatory because unless you can prove that they're engaging in these things, it's a he said, she said, and you know, the, the courts and juries are going to sort of be inclined to give people the benefit of the doubt on that. You can have to prove um, prove that what you said is true and they're, you know, that's hard. But saying something else like, I feel cheated or deceived probably isn't defamatory. Saying this business treated me in a way that seems or feels unfair and should be illegal probably isn't. Now, the word overrated probably looks like an opinion, but fake reviews is factual. So instead, explain your reasoning, but not the conclusion. So for example, I can't fathom how this place has so many positive reviews. My experience was quite the opposite of what I see on the review sites. That is expressing your experience, and it's truthful. Calling someone a scumbag, this is interesting because it's probably viewed as hyperbole. As long as you're not backing it up with a lengthy explanation of all the, all the person's offenses and why you think they're a scumbag, you're probably okay, but it's still probably best to limit the use of that kind of invective. Instead, say, my interactions with this person were really unpleasant, or something like that. But the best approach is really only to recite the true facts. Your experience is what you have observed with your own eyes, what you know to be true. And then let readers or viewers or listeners draw their own conclusions. So I hope you see the nuance in what I'm talking about here. Now, when the person suing, the plaintiff in the case, is a public figure or a public official, like someone in the government, someone in the public eye, they have to take things a step further than just proving the statement was false. But they also have to prove that it was made with actual malice. That means it was knowingly or recklessly false. They knew or should have known it wasn't true. But ultimately, even with a pre-publication review, if someone feels you've unfairly maligned them, they can sue. They may or may not win, but they could sue, and that makes you pretty miserable. So it pays to get some insurance that covers this kind of thing. And what you're talking about here is called media errors and omissions insurance. And sometimes they're called advertising injury policies. Sometimes those also cover this kind of thing. But you've got to really be careful. Review those coverages and exclusions really carefully because not all policies are going to be created equal. So take this information and do your thing. And if you are concerned that something said on your show is false, well, cut it out, just skip it. And if you aren't sure, get that pre-publication review by hiring a lawyer like yours truly to give you a review and, and write you a formal opinion before you publish. 
Now, I cover this and a lot more like it in my free podcaster's legal checklist that you can get over at gordonfiremark.com slash checklist. And that is going to do it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I will be back again very soon, and I'll talk to you then. Have a great one. Keep on podcasting. Podcasting.